Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, this is pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to another edition of To Homer and Back, uh, the official podcast of Streaking the Lawn. Uh, as always, my name is Pierce, and uh, I'm joined here by a couple members from the blog. Matt, how's it going? Hey, Pierce. I'm good. How are you? Oh, I'm doing very well, and I've also got Caroline. Hey. Hey, how are you? I'm hanging in there. Still have a little bit of a pretty girl voice from, uh, from the games this weekend, so you have to excuse squeaking absolutely I, I definitely lost my voice and sound when i went on that sv nation live show i was like oh they're gonna think i i uh, spent too many late evenings in dc so i feel you there really it was just cheering for the who's but anyway uh we've got a very special guest uh, that i'm very excited to bring on tonight to talk about the tournament and the the who's in the tournament caroline why don't you go ahead and introduce our guest all right. Yeah, we're pretty excited about this. Uh, we've got the one, the only Mark Titus with us today. Uh, you might have seen him on Sunday night giving a fantastic alternative to Charles Barkley in the disaster show that was CBS. Uh, you also might know him as Clark Trillion on Twitter. Um, so, Mark, thank you for joining us. And, uh, yeah, welcome. Thank you for having me. Um, I'll, I'll first start off by asking you guys, because I've been looking at this bracket for the last two days or however long it's been. I can't find Ohio State anywhere. I don't know if there's a typo. I don't know what happened. Um, have you guys? I, am I missing something? I, I, I don't get it. I don't know what happened. Combined teams with Tulsa, and that that they were just going by. Oh, okay, is that what happened? Okay, that makes sense. Okay, so, so I'm sure they'll play tomorrow night or something. Yeah. yeah okay. All right. I think, yeah, you probably just missed it. I think it's tomorrow night. Um, they're one of the seeds. All right. Um, but yeah, first, first things first, um, most important topic of the night, uh, bachelor finale was last <laughs> evening. Uh, I know Mark, you're big on that. What is your take? Do you think that was, you know, did you think that was the right call? And I did what it. is it about bachelor that brings you in every time? So I have so many thoughts and I'll try to make them quick. First of all, I like Ben a lot this season because yeah. he, I, he's from Indiana and I am too. He's actually from, um, right down the street from where my mom grew up and I know his hometown. Well, I know <laughs> the area well, and I identified with that. So like when he brought, when they did the hometown date with his hometown and he brought the girls back to like Indiana, mm-hmm. I was, I was, my wife and I were just laughing because it looked exactly like my hometown and stuff that I would do. I, I would take girls to McDonald's and stuff. So <laughs> I really liked that. And then last night happened and now it's like, I feel like he gave Indiana guys a bad look. The dude is crying, <laughs> saying, I love you to JoJo. <laughs> and then turns around five minutes later and proposes to someone else. And, yeah, it's like – but that's why I watch it, though. I mean, that's why a lot of people give me crap because it's a girl show and how can you watch that sappy garbage. And the answer is I don't watch it. I don't take it from face value. I'm not there to watch two people fall in love. I'm there to watch the <laughs> drama that 
the just absolute shit show that it is where <laughs> this guy's crying saying, I love you so much. I'm going to miss you so much, but uh, I'm going to propose to this other girl. <laughs> what, is, what, what other world could you ever get that situation? So you know, uh, it, it was a, I thought it was a good finale. It was, I thought it was anticlimactic. Like I feel like we all knew Lauren B was going to win. Yeah. Um, but still just to see him crying, I'm, I don't think I've ever seen that in Bachelor. I don't pretend to watch every season or be an expert, but I definitely don't remember ever seeing a guy like say, I love you to the girl that he's kicking off. It wasn't even, I love you. It was, it was current tense. It wasn't even past tense. It was like, as I'm sitting yeah. here now dumping you, I love you. And, yeah. Oh, it was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> you, you don't have to validate your fandom for me whatsoever. Uh, I, I was thoroughly entertained. Um, but this is my yeah. season of watching The Bachelor, but if it's like this always, I, I might be hooked. Um, yeah, I mean, it's like I'm a big I'm a big wrestling fan. I love WWE yeah. for like the same reason, and yeah. I feel like this is just WWE for women. And so <laughs> yeah. I don't I don't love the I'm not like super into the like the whole arc of it. So I like yeah. the part the part where he proposed to Lauren B and like they go in love and then we meet their families. Like that was yeah. stupid. I didn't really want to watch that. And I just want to fast forward. But but the whole <laughs> but the rest of it the the drama the, the the stuff that like seems obviously scripted and maybe it is, but I still love it. That kind of stuff is, yeah. is amazing. No, so. it's a joke I made last night was during the uh, the live show, the after show. I wanted there to start playing JoJo's brothers music. And have them run. Yeah, right. Just like a <laughs> right. wrestling show, it would have been perfect. Like, they could right. have yelled at him or, or hit him with a chair. I don't know. It would have been perfect. Caroline, what what were your takeaways from, from the? Uh, <laughs> it was awesome. Unfortunately, like usually, I watch with a group of my friends. My mom always gets on my case. Like, I can't believe you watch this crap. Like, um, and we watch with a group of people that probably we have, you know a bunch of masters and one's a lawyer yeah like the degrees that are in the room you know my mom's like i can't believe that you can get a group together uh, but it is it's fun and i think and see i don't know if you guys agree like chris harrison might have the best job in america like is this oh the best job i've 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 had this conversation with my wife before yeah that um we always talk about that like who has the job where you get paid the most yeah like basically him he does like very little work. He gets paid an insane amount of money. He gets to travel to all these cool locations. And like, yeah. what is he doing when the people are on their dates? He's just like on vacation, doing whatever he wants. Yeah, exactly. Like him and Vanna White. Vanna White's like that too. <laughs> those, those are like the only. They're fighting each other for the best job in the world, where they're just making millions of dollars to to do nothing. It's great. I don't yeah, know. I you love it. Just pretty good setup, though. Just you know, going on Sports Center and tweeting and. And wearing awesome T-shirts. I mean, it's it's a pretty enviable gig. Yeah, it's not bad. <laughs> <laughs> well, we should probably uh, get into the topic that people are tuning in for, right. <laughs> and, uh, and talk about the NCAA tournament. Um, they did an awesome job the other night. We appreciated the alternative, as Caroline said, to the uh, CBS coverage. Um, what what are your, your takeaways? I guess after a couple of days of looking at the bracket, what what's this what's this sticking out to you on the um, this year? Honestly, like I'm not just pandering. I was I was just as upset as you guys probably are about Michigan mm-hmm. State being in Virginia's uh, <laughs> yeah. region. Um, that was really frustrating. That was my first takeaway. Like I, when the bracket was complete, I just said, "How could they do this again?" Yeah. Uh, I I kind of respect it that they don't care. Like, but I, I wish they would just come out and say it. I wish. I think I said that on Van Pelt's show. Like, I wish. I wouldn't even care if they just the committee is like, yeah, we hate Virginia or we think it's hilarious that they have to play Michigan State every year. That's why we did it. Then at that point, I'd be like, okay, that's that's actually kind of awesome that you yeah. just did that. But to pretend like they're not is is pretty frustrating. But uh, otherwise, it, it feels like a, a 
the the West, I, I I think I share the say this certainly is an original thought. The West with Oregon and Oklahoma and them um, is is the one that's wide open and anything mm-hmm. can happen. And and some of these other ones just seem brutal. Like the South, uh, yeah, the South was like, oh my God, Kansas has to play maybe UConn. Who this this is all this whole tournament's like shaping up to be a UConn tournament. Yeah. Uh, Ever since they hit that half court shot, I, I, it's funny because when the, I was my brother and I were watching that UConn uh, Cincinnati game and went to four overtimes live, and uh, when UConn hit that full court shot, we obviously lost our minds. And then I turned to him, I said, "They're going to win this. They're going to make the tournament." And this is like this is just like a UConn thing that would happen. And then they they did win it, and then they won their next two, and now they're in the tournament and all that. And it's like I, I don't know if I was joking when I said that. Like I really feel like it's a UConn <laughs> thing. So for Kansas, for UConn to be a nine seed in Kansas is thing when Kansas is supposed to be the number one overall is crazy. Yeah. Maryland is really good, and they're in that one. Uh, so yeah, it feels like there's definitely not balance. But to that point, I would say um, this happens every year. I mean, we do this every year where it's like there's one region that's the the region of death, and mm-hmm. there's one that seems super easy and. And I think um, we get caught up in, in what would happen if it if it goes chalk, but it never goes chalk. So, like, Kansas might not have to play Maryland and then Villanova or, you know. Right. It, I, I think back to Ohio State's um, – because I always think back to Ohio State. That's just what I do. But uh, <laughs> the 2011 – Ohio State, 2011, Ohio State had the best team in the country, the number one overall seed in the tournament. Uh, mm-hmm. They started, like, 22-0 and and were just killing everybody. And then the brackets come out, and – Ohio State kind of got the toughest draw, um, and everyone was freaking out here in Columbus. Like, how could they do that to us? We're supposed to be the best and all that. And uh, and, and then we ended up losing to, to the four seed, which was Kentucky that year in the Sweet mm-hmm. 16. It was up to that, and it was devastating. And then people started complaining. And they said, well, we lost because we had the toughest regional. We had this and that. And I said, we lost to Kentucky. Like, at some point, you're going to have to beat the good teams. Right. We had the very first good team that we faced, we lost. So, it's like, we can't really complain. It's not like we had a whole gauntlet we went through. We didn't even actually get to the gauntlet. So, uh, <laughs> stuff like that is like, you complain about it, you look at it, and you're saying, look at this gauntlet you have to go through. And then it never works out that way that you actually do go through that gauntlet. So, um, but, yeah, looking at it early, it, it, Virginia – I actually think Virginia got a good draw other than Michigan State. I think Virginia yeah, – I was yeah. just talking to my wife about it. I think – I mean, nothing's a guarantee, but I, I feel like they got a pretty decent path to the Elite Eight at least. Sure. I mean, we're going to be nervous no matter what uh, as, as <laughs> right, a right. UVA fan nature. But, um, I, you know, it's funny to see all the Michigan State talk. And, yeah, that's the natural reaction. Like, you got to be kidding me. But realistically, there, there's a decent chance they're not going to face them even if they make them that far um, or that they might not even make it to a game against Michigan State. Either way could happen uh, quite right. Right. That's what I mean. Like, Virginia fans, you could be freaking out about Michigan State and then lose to Purdue in the Sweet 16, and now all the Michigan State was for nothing. Or Michigan State gets upset. And, like, we don't know what's going to happen. So, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Hey, Mark, so I was going to ask on that, talking about the upsets. As a, a UVA fan, if we're cheering for people in our region, should we – is there any team before Michigan State, obviously – that you think we really want to avoid? Like, does it matter? Should it matter to UVA fans? Texas Tech and Butler is Purdue a harder match than Iowa State, things like that. Um, I would say, honestly, I was looking at it. There's no, there's no team that I would be super scared of or anything. There's no, um, avoid this team at all costs, cheer like crazy for this team to lose. So you don't have to play them. Uh, I actually that, that, I think for for me Butler first of all Texas Tech is good but they're not there's nothing really particularly special about them that Virginia mm-hmm. hasn't seen before mm-hmm. they'll be fine on that front Butler to me uh, feels like 
sort of like Virginia, just not even close to as good. So it's like they're going to be trying to do sort of the same things, and they're just not going to be as good at them. Um, and Butler, Butler has some guard issues, specifically the point guard, and and I think that's going to be a huge problem for them going up against Virginia's defense. Yeah. So I wouldn't be worried too. But the one team I guess would maybe be I feel like Iowa State has nothing to worry about because they're going to try to play a million miles an hour. Virginia will slow them down. They'll get frustrated. They're not even like a North Carolina that can adapt. I don't think like Iowa state's just going to go balls to the wall and get frustrated and throw up a hundred threes and <laughs> lose by 20 and, and then scratch their head and say, what the hell just happened? Uh, but Purdue, I say, I think Purdue would be the one team that would, would worry me the most, but even them, I don't like Purdue has terrible guard play and that's been their issue all year. Yeah. And to have Brogdon and Prentice like, as your best defender, I mean, not your best defenders. I know, like every Virginia player is one of the best defenders, but to have those <laughs> two guys just just hounding Purdue's guards for forty minutes is just going to be a nightmare. And and Purdue has the reason they'd be a problem though is just they're big guys. Um, I don't know if if Virginia can match them on the inside, but I mean that's not to say Virginia's big guys aren't good. It's just Purdue is loaded with the interior play. Uh, but I, I think that I really do think they're going to have a problem getting the ball to the big guys if they if the matchup does happen. So, um, yeah, I, I honestly feel like Virginia has a great draw to the Elite Eight, and and you don't want to get ahead of yourself. But uh, yeah, if I'm a Virginia fan, I'm I'm kind of eyeballing who we're playing in the Elite Eight and hoping for Michigan State to lose more so than worrying about these first couple rounds. Yeah, I think Gonzaga is a sneaky team in this bracket down there at eleven. Just because we're not used yeah. to seeing them down there, and, and yeah, they haven't been the Gonzaga that they usually are, but they're still pretty darn good. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if they make it, you know, to the Sweet Sixteen for sure. I, I agree. Gonzaga's good. I think Utah is good too. That'll be. I actually had Gonzaga win, and then Gonzaga Seton Hall is interesting. I mean, if, if Gonzaga even wins that, because Seton Hall is. Right. Seton Hall's beaten they they have three, I don't want to say top five wins. Yeah, three like top five wins in the last week and a half, which is insane. So yeah. they're playing well. But um yeah, the, the, and that's the thing. We're talking about Michigan State. I mean Michigan State has to play some of these teams, you know, Gonzaga, Seton Hall, Utah. Even Dayton and Syracuse aren't um aren't easy games for them. So of course. I think Iona's gonna yeah. beat Iowa State, so they won't have to worry about that. But uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm the idiot. I think I think upsets in the in my bracket pool though. Being like, yeah, they're all gonna win. Yeah, <laughs> right. Uh, but but yeah, looking at it, I mean, I, I feel like Virginia has an easier path to the Elite Eight than Michigan State. Um, how much that matters, I don't know, and and what's gonna happen, I don't know. But uh, yeah, things are looking good, and uh, for the for the Who's, and you should be optimistic. And then, then what, even if they do play Michigan State, like I feel, um. I mean, we can get into this, and and uh, but I I feel like Virginia has a better. I actually have Virginia beating Michigan State in my bracket, and the reason why is because I feel like Tony Bennett has taken a different approach this year, and he kind of understands the long game. Not that he's not that he's like a new coach. He obviously has been coaching for a while before the last two years or whatever. But it's almost like to me as an outsider and you guys feel free to disagree. I'm not, I don't want you just not along with me. Um, but as an outsider who, who doesn't follow Virginia nearly as closely as you guys, it feels like Virginia the last couple of years treated every game, almost like a, like the super bowl. And we're trying to win every single game we're playing, especially last year where they're just going, trying to win every single game and how they approach the season. And then you get to the, the tournament and you kind of have a disappointing result. And now it's like Tony said, okay, I see how this works. Like we got to use the regular season to kind of 
feel some things out and get ready for March instead of the other way around where we treat the regular season like the big deal, then hope we can maintain that momentum, um, which is kind of what I observed this year when I was getting super frustrated watching Virginia lose at George Washington and at Georgia Tech and at Florida State. Um, <laughs> losing those games, I was like, what the hell is going on? And then the more I like would watch them as the season progressed, like – I see what's happening here. Like you're tweaking lineups, you're, you're moving guys around and, and you're starting to understand I'm, I'm seeing the, the bigger picture. So that's kind of the vibe I've gotten, um, whether that actually matters and it's going to be the difference if they face Michigan state, I'm not sure, but that's something that Tom Izzo is great at. And that's why everyone loves Tom Izzo and says he's the wizard and everyone <laughs> just, just writes like they get their bracket and just write Izzo and Sharpie on all over the entire thing. And, but, um, because he's that he has that sort of thing down, like the science of winning in the tournament and preparing for the tournament, that sort of stuff. And I feel like Coach Bennett uh, started to pick up on that almost. And maybe I'm wrong, but that's kind of my perspective. Well, no, I think that's an excellent point about the season. I, I feel like the past three years watching a team this year has been very different just because, you know, everyone was saying after the last year, losing a guy like Darian Atkins, the big guy inside, and you lose Justin Anderson. Mm-hmm and everything he brings, like, how are they going to get it done? Um, and I've actually been surprisingly more confident going down the stretch, even with, like, watching that loss against Carolina in the ACC finals. Probably the least disappointed I've been after a loss. And mm-hmm. I know it sounds yeah. like you want to win the ACC championship, but it was a really well-played game. And mm-hmm. we just didn't hit shots. You know, and I don't – and obviously yeah. you played, so you can answer this a lot better than I did, but – to the fan, it, to me, it looked like Malcolm got open, London got open. They were taking shots that they wanted. Mm-hmm. Uh, they just weren't falling. And I guess, you know, that happens sometimes. Like you can't shoot, you know, 60%. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's, and that's, that's all you really – yeah, that's all you want to do. I mean, you just play good – good basketball doesn't mean winning basketball. It doesn't mean, yeah. um, you know, like you're blowing guys out and you're playing perfect basketball. You, you run the play, you do the thing, you miss the shot. That's, that's how it goes sometimes. But as long as you got the, you're getting open, I think that's the, the bigger picture. Now, obviously if they're not making shots in the tournament and you lose, it's not, that's not a great consolation for the fans to be like, yeah, but we played well. We just missed our shots. Like that's uh, you lose. It sucks. But uh, yeah, I think there's definitely reason to be optimistic. And I, I completely agree. Is there a player um, that you look at as being, you know, obviously Malcolm Brogdon is super important. So aside from Malcolm Brogdon, who on the Virginia team do you see as being the biggest key for a long, successful? I've been, I've been saying this all year. I've been saying this entire career that Parentis is the the guy for me because um, I, I just feel like when he's aggressive and he's trying to score or just trying to do something out there. Um, Virginia is so much better and they're so good, especially on offense, but there are just times where, and it hasn't happened as much this year, but it definitely was happening at the beginning of the year. And it definitely happened last year when he, when there were more talented guys like, like Anderson and Atkins and all those other guys that, um, that are still there. And then throw those other two in there where he would be on the court. He's like, okay, I'm kind of younger. Uh, these guys are better than me. I'm just going to kind of bring the ball up and pass to them, stand over here and try to get out of the way. And I would just get so frustrated because the dude like is, he doesn't miss and he, he can create things and he can see the floor and all that kind of stuff. And he would just have these moments where he would be scared almost to screw up. Um, and when he plays like that, it's really frustrating for me to watch because I, I know how good he is. So those games where he does assert himself and, and try to make something happen, just like make his presence felt. And it's, it's something that's like not really quantifiable to me because it's not just about scoring points or 
having assists or whatever, which saying something is not quantifiable to Virginia fans who are like the biggest stat nerds I know is like <laughs> probably the dumbest thing I could do. But uh, it, it's like a feeling I have when I'm watching a game where you can know that people are on the – like I know Malcolm Brogdon is on the court playing. Even if he's not doing anything, I can just – I can feel his presence. I can see him guarding yeah. the ball. I can see him cutting off the screen. Like just how he has his presence where he demands your attention. And Prentice, sometimes he does demand my attention. What he does, Virginia is so good. And when he doesn't, he's just content with standing in the corner. Um, it can be pretty frustrating. Now, he's done a lot better job, and he's, he's been more consistent with that. And so for that reason, though, is why I think, like, if he if he brings it, you know, six times in a row, like, Virginia can definitely win a national championship. Well, that's what we're rooting for. Yeah, and we all just took a pause there because we're like, oh, crap, man. This is <laughs> we all just had to stop and think about that for a second, like what that was. <laughs> like what, what, what that sounds like to, uh, to win a national I don't think I've ever what is, uh, Well, let me ask this to you because I, I, uh, I'm, I'm curious. Like, as you know, I've been, a, I've been a Virginia supporter of the flag bearer of yeah. – like, I've tried to, tried to support Virginia and all this. Um, yeah. So I'm interested in the, the mindset because I, I have become sort of an adopted Virginia fan. What is a successful tournament? Is it just the final? Like, if they make the final four and lose to like Carolina, say, um, is that is that like? I mean, it's it's hard to say because once you get in that position, you're like, okay, we're here, let's just go win the damn thing. Right. But um, for you in May, let's say, fast forward to calendar to May. Now you're looking back on what this season was. What does Virginia have to do to where you're like, that was a good season, that was awesome, that was the best. I'll remember this the rest of my life. For me. For me, I think it's a, a bit of a sliding scale. I mean, you know, the last two years, obviously the, the one and the two seed going out in the, the Sweet 16 and the, the round of 32, a, a little disappointing. Yeah. Sweet 16 was great because, you know, we hadn't been there in forever anyways. Um, so UVA fans were thrilled. I think this year generally, um, from, a, from a general UVA fan perspective, I think most people would be happy with an Elite Eight, um, but not if they lost to Michigan State in it. I, I weirdly right, feel yeah. like like people would be more okay if somehow they lost to to Utah or to Gonzaga in just some freak game, just anyone that isn't Michigan State. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, right. Anyone that isn't Izzo again. Yeah, that's um, that's interesting. That, I mean, I, I, I'm sitting here thinking like, if we lose that Elite Eight game, will I be happier if it's to Dayton? Um, <laughs> I, I, yeah, because that's that's. That's funny because to me it's almost like you lose to Izzo and you're like, all right, well it's just Izzo. We yeah, can't, we yeah. just can't slay this monster. But then is there another monster that becomes you know comes around? So, There's no so yeah, sorry, go ahead. That I'd be okay with losing to in that situation. Not that I'd be okay with them losing to the Spartans again, but I'd at least understand. You know, it, it'd sort of be like that UNC final uh, last weekend. It's like we could play a good game and just not. Not be not have it, you know those the the couples yeah. don't go in against the other teams. You know I know Utah's good, and obviously Seton Hall's been beating up on good teams. But the, the other teams, I feel like if UVA plays their game, they're going to win at least nine out of ten times. So um, I, I don't know. I guess to answer your question, Mark, um, I think Final Four has got to be what what is you know, an established success um, if they make the final four. And I know your point, like if they get there, they might as well win the thing. But if we made a yeah. final four, the first one since uh, 95, um, I think I'm right there. And I mean, so the first one for a whole generation of fans, it, it would mean right. past Michigan State, whether we played them or not. But I think that's a, that validates the one seed to the national media. It makes UVA fans feel comfortable 
you know, about the fact that we are walking the walk and not just like running through the regular season and, and, and then failing in March. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where I think a lot, well, you'll find Mark is a lot of us get, Virginia fans have an issue with being defensive. I think you've seen that plenty of times. Um, And I think a lot of that stems from this like ridiculous insecurity that's been bred through just, I mean, the narrative already, when you look at the 27 of 28 ESPN analysts, experts that have already picked Michigan state to, to knock UVA out again. And Mm -hmm. so now it's almost like if we get to elite eight, I'd be, I'd be very happy with elite eight. Uh, I think that would be a great, we haven't been there for a while. It would be awesome. These guys have worked really hard. I think that they can go further. And so anything past that would be kind of like cherry on top for me, if, I think, if I'm – but losing to Michigan State again would just validate the critics. Um, yeah. That's – Right. Can't get it done. Or, you know, the, they're acting – a lot of times you see stuff that makes it sound like Virginia's been blown out by 20 each time they face Michigan State, when in reality, <laughs> two years ago, it was a two-point game that was – basically gave UConn a better path to the championship because they wiped (laughs) out Michigan state's energy. And then last year, like you could not have designed a worse shooting game for Virginia and they lost by six. So, I mean, it's one of those, if I'd love to see a Malcolm Valentine head to head, that'd be fantastic. Um, I think it would all depend for me personally, how the game went, but I'd like to, to beat Michigan state. If it gets to that point, it's almost like, baseball last year for me where making the the college world series would have been just a delight but when it became maryland in the super regional it was no longer like oh yeah. it'd be fun just to go like it was a must-have like right small, i mean it, it yeah, <laughs> yeah and, and caroline clarifying off off my original thing the main reason why i think i'd be okay losing i wouldn't be okay but if we're making elite eight and lose someone other than michigan state it'd be preferable to me is because if we go there and lose to michigan state again we're going to end up in the same bracket with them. <laughs> yeah. And right. I know it's going to happen. And maybe if we just take a year off and don't have to play them, they'll, just, they'll put them in a different side next year. <laughs> right. That's funny. The, the psychology of it all is, is so fascinating to me because I'm, I'm the same way. I'm actually almost – I'm not excited. I should I should figure out a different word for this. But uh, it's, it's kind of cool when Ohio State isn't in the tournament because I can just relax and just – and watch it from a, an outsider's view. Cause I, I get the exact same way with Ohio state. And, um, and it's, it's so fascinating to me what you're the bargaining you're doing. And like, if we could just get it to this point and just do this and this, I'll be happy. I swear. And all that kind of stuff. So, <laughs> what is it, what is it like on the player side, Mark? Like, you know, being on a team that, that goes into the tournament and goes far. Like, what was that like for you as a player? Like what's your fondest memory out of, out of the NCAA? Oh man, it was, so my freshman year, we went to the national championship and lost to Florida. Um, and I, I remember after that thinking like, this is what college basketball is. And this is the greatest thing ever. Like this is, <laughs> I want to be a player for college basketball for 15 years. Like this is so awesome. Um, <laughs> that final four, the final four is an animal that is just unlike anything, any, anybody ever experiences um, as, a, as a basketball player. It's like not even, it's hard to put in the words. Like you're playing in a football stadium that never hosts basketball games. The media circus is out of control. You're doing like this open practice, which is so weird. I don't really understand why we do those, but like you have an open practice where like anyone off the street can come watch you practice. And there's like 20,000 people just sitting there watching you practice, which was really awkward. Um, it was, it was amazing. The whole, the whole ride was fun, but the psychology of a player is, is kind of crazy too. Like the, 
our, our national runner up, I guess it would be a run was, um, had its ups and downs in our, in our, we were a one seed that year. And in the second round we were playing Xavier mm-hmm. and, uh, needed a miracle three to send it to overtime. And I remember just being on the bench thinking like, we're going home. This is it. I'm so mad. I can't believe we had such a great season. And this is, we're going to lose to freaking Xavier. It's not even good and all that kind of stuff. And then we hit the three and we win. And I'm like, okay, we're winning the national title now. Never mind. We're winning the whole damn thing. And I got excited about that. And then, uh, we did end up beating them. And then obviously, and then, uh, the next week, the very next game, we're playing Tennessee in the sweet 16 and we're down 20 at halftime. And it all starts going through my mind again. It's like, how the hell are we losing to Tennessee? Like Tennessee was not even ranked all year. What are we doing? We're like the best, we're, we're the best team. What are we doing? You know, and I'm freaking out. And then we come back and beat them. Like, okay, now we're doing, and the ups and downs is just so, and I'm sure like the real players probably aren't as emotional as I got because <laughs> they can actually control things. So it's like harder for me to sit on the bench and not be able to control things. But, um, but it's interesting though that 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 the players I do remember like they 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 do treat it just like a basketball game and and that sounds obvious maybe but to me um, as I watch as a fan I hang on to every single possession and I freak out mm-hmm. that like I want to like pause the TV and go to wherever my team's playing and say guys do you understand that by turning it over you're screwing yourself for this this game. And if we don't win this game, like we're, you're going home and do you understand the magnitude? Do you get this? And, and as the game's going on, they don't, they, they, you just don't think about that. You just play and it's just basketball. And, um, and I think, I think it just becomes, yeah, just something you're familiar with, but yeah, it's, it's the the hoopla of it all and the psychology of it all is definitely insane. Yeah. One, you know, one bad pass. It's like, Oh, well, we'll get the next one, you know, where the, all the fans yeah. at home are like, that's a wasted possession. And we averaged right, right. 1.04 points per possession. So that will, <laughs> I, if when Ohio state's losing, I, I, every single tournament game, I do the same thing where it's like, if you're, if we're up five, like 15 minutes, I start like doing the math and like, okay, we're up five. We got to get this lead to 10 by the time it's 10 <laughs> minutes. And then that way we can afford to give up a one point per minute. And then if we, and I just start like doing this math and it's so crazy how I get turned into that. Whereas the players, uh, the players obviously aren't going that far, but I don't think they're doing anything close to that. They're just like, yeah, we're playing basketball. Here we go. Let's just do what we've done all year. So I'm not bullshitting you. I do the exact same thing. So I'm glad there's another lunatic out there. Yeah. <laughs> I do want to throw in before we uh, maybe close up with maybe some off, off the, uh, top of our head final four picks but i want to mention um you know when you bring up that xavier ohio state game we were watching that really closely because virginia was playing tennessee in that game before you match up with them after being xavier uh, and the only reason oh, really okay yeah won that game is we had two great guards uh singletary and uh, jr reynolds and jr broke his foot in the second half and we lost uh, a buzzer beater that had it gone in, we would have won and, and played Ohio State. Uh, yeah, so really? We're, we're, Heartbreaking. We were absolutely uh, I swear that, game. That, game. <laughs> uh, that Tennessee game. Yeah, 2007. That Tennessee game. I mean, you're, you're talking like our star player trying to single-handedly win a game with his yeah. you know, Oh man, it hurt. It was rough. But uh, I, I remember the Xavier Ohio State game vividly as well. Yeah. But we're happy for you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Sorry to sorry to bring up. <laughs> we're all 
memory. <laughs> I asked the question. <laughs> but uh, why don't we go ahead and rattle off, including uh, Caroline and Matt, you guys, um, what, what you're going with. I know if you're like me, you have 11 different brackets spread out between 11 different pools. But uh, if you know, and I have the same winner in every single one. I'll let you guess. Oh, do you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I, I like to mix it up, spread out the gambling. I mean, the, if I were <laughs> Than that anyway. Um, so I'll go ahead and start, and I'll say my final four picks are uh, Kansas. Even though UConn's probably going to beat them and ruin all my brackets, uh, Oklahoma. I'm very confident about coming out of the West. Uh, I'm going to go with Kentucky out of the East and Midwest because we're recording the podcast for a UVA site. I'm going to say UVA and not admit that I have Michigan State in some of my brackets. So Caroline, what, what are your picks? Um, let's see. Uh, I think I'm actually going to go UNC, Kansas, Oklahoma, and UVA with UVA and Oklahoma in the finals with UVA oh, taking it. That would be a very fun matchup. Yeah, sure. I would love to watch that game if it were to happen, like in our region or something. But yeah. it will be better in the national championship. All right, Matt, how about you? So I've got I got Kansas as well, and the consensus means we're all going to be wrong. <laughs> the the West is just so I have no idea. I ended up picking Baylor, which, as I look back on it, I have no idea how Baylor is going to do it. Yeah. They, seem, they seem to get upset every single year, yeah. um, but I'll, I'll stick with it. So I have Kansas against Baylor. On the other side, I've got UNC, um, and I have Michigan State because emotional hedging is a thing. Who are you money on emotionally hedging. Um, and I have, I, have, I have Michigan State over Kansas for the title because, oh, wow. yeah. yeah, teams that beat us, you know, why not? Good things can happen to them, just not us. Yeah, I, <laughs> wow, we're getting, like, really sad with our yeah. predictions. <laughs> you can, like, talk us off this ledge work. Yeah. It, it, my therapist is Chris Harrison. It hasn't been <laughs> Um, Mark, do you, do you have some uh, picks for us? Yeah, I I did the same thing as Carolina. I I had Kansas, Oklahoma, Carolina, and UVA. Um, I I think for me, Kansas is the best team. They have. Mm-hmm. I thought they were the best team coming into the season. I still think they're the best. They, they're playing so well. So like, I wanted to mix things up and maybe have UConn beat them. If that was a different, yeah. if if Oregon was in the South, I would probably have UConn beating Oregon. But yeah. I just can't pick against Kansas. Carolina seems to be playing really well. Uh, that, that Kentucky matchup had me balking a little bit, but uh, I think Carolina is, is playing too well. Um, and then, yeah, like everyone else with the West, it's like, who knows? I, I kind of did the same thing where, where I had like Baylor going far, and then I thought that doesn't look right. And then I <laughs> yeah. said, well, if not Baylor, then it's got to be Oregon. And I was like, that doesn't look right. No. And if not them, then Duke. And like, I don't think Duke's good this year. No. Um, so Oklahoma is like the only team that I have some, I guess Texas A&M maybe, but Oklahoma is like the one team that I thought, yeah, that, that actually looks kind of decent. So I went with them. And then, and then the big one, uh, Virginia, I, I, I really, I'm not pandering and I, and I don't, it's not just that I'm cheering for it to happen. I really do think Virginia, if they did play Michigan State, that they would match up well. I think, uh, I think it's almost the one thing that they would have going for them versus the other two times is that they're, they would definitely be the underdog. They would definitely, um, be hungrier. Not that, not that, not that like Michigan State obviously wouldn't want to win and go to the final four, but they would have that edge to them, um, that might be the difference. And, 
And and then I and then really I just don't want to live in a world where Virginia loses three times in a row to Michigan State. <laughs> and I would just feel so bad because I do feel bad when I, I I think that I likened it. I brought it up on on the ESPN show to like when Utah used to lose to Kentucky. And I, I remember being a kid watching those games, and I was just like, Dad, why did Utah lose to Kentucky every year? He's like, I don't know, son. That's just the way it works sometimes. Yeah. And I remember like being like ten years old and noticing this, and feeling yeah. so bad for Utah fans that they kept losing. So. Anytime that sort of happens, I feel bad, and I just don't want to live in a world where that happens. You would know so. exactly exactly what it's like to be a UVA fan uh, if if that happens. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's really, unfortunately. Um, just a real quick question: How do you think that? I mean, how excited are you for a Kentucky Indiana matchup? Oh, I am so excited! So a lot of a lot of yeah, I, I for those who don't know, they're listening or whatever. I, I went to Ohio state, but I grew up in Indiana and I grew up a big IU fan. I still kind of cheer for IU. Um, and a lot of my, my friends and family were kind of bummed because IU won the big 10 this year and have been playing pretty well lately until they kind of blew it in the big 10 tournament, but mm-hmm. they were expecting a better seed and they're kind of upset about all that. And I said, mm-hmm. this is amazing. Like you, they, they stopped playing Kentucky. That's a huge rivalry to, to have that, Maybe maybe it doesn't work out, but it seems like that's what's going to happen as them play each other is is really exciting. And um, I don't really have confidence that they're going to win, but the fact that they're going to have to maybe play each other is is awesome. And I and I I actually support that the committee does this, like because people get mad that oh they just did this for ratings. I can't believe that. Why can't they? Of course they did it for that's amazing. I wish they would do that more often. I wish they would do that. I mean, like, it, it gets a little excessive with the Virginia and Michigan State thing. And, like, <laughs> we don't have to do that. And then and they're throwing uh, North Carolina to Kansas. Like, they lost, Roy Williams will lose to Kansas. There's a stretch where it felt like he kept losing to Kansas every year or yeah. something like yeah. that where you yeah. maybe tone that down a little bit. But, yeah, if there's a matchup that hasn't happened in a while that looks kind of sexy on paper, yeah, of mm-hmm. course make that happen. That's amazing. So yeah. uh, I'm excited That's for fun. that game if it happens. And, um, yeah, that'll be fun. So, so. Well, uh, on that note, I'll go ahead and close up shop for us tonight. Uh, Mark, thank you immensely uh, for joining us. We, we, we absolutely appreciate it. I know UVA fans everywhere uh, love following you on Twitter at, uh, at Club Trillion, but uh, you've always been carrying the banner recently for us uh, UVA fans and, and the Pacists out there who don't <laughs> the Pacists, yeah. Slow Thank you, thank you for having me so much, and I'll uh, I'll continue to do it unless Virginia chokes, and then in which case I'm, I'm jumping off the bandwagon for good, maybe. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm just being. I'm kidding. I'm, <laughs> you know exactly what it feels like, but no, we're the best. I'm I'm sure they'll do well. Knock on wood. But uh, thanks again, and uh, we'll close up and uh, tune in to Streaking the Lawn for more coverage throughout the tournament. And as always, I'll finish up by saying, Go who. from dad <clears throat> all right save money on car insurance when you bundle home and auto with progressive can i take these off all right what is this this looks good wow that's well made where did you get this i'm talking to you with the hair yeah where did you get this it's good stuff that's solid that's not veneer that's solid stuff progressive can't save you from becoming your parents but we can save you money when you bundle home and auto progressive casualty insurance company affiliates and other insurers discounts not available in all states or situations